0: You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 49. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany, and I am your host. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, 48th time listening, welcome back. I am very, very happy to have you. And before I get into this week's episode, which is a part two of episode 48 on eating with purpose, I want to share a few pre-show announcements. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and you have not had the opportunity to leave a five-star rating and review, I would greatly, greatly appreciate if you would uh, take the opportunity to do so. And with the new podcast app update, I wanted to walk through kind of how you do it. So when you open the podcast app, you do and go to search just like you always would. And you can type in how does she do it? Make sure you look for the one that says practical insight and honest perspective, because there are a few podcasts that have similar titles now. And once you do that, you then can scroll right to the bottom of where you the first screen that pops up once you select the podcast and scroll all the way down and you see the section called ratings and reviews and you can just tap you'll have the opportunity to tap uh, tap to rate. And then right underneath that section, there's a little uh, link to, t- to hit write a review. And it's just that simple. It's a lot simpler than it was in the previous iteration of the podcast app. So hopefully that helps out that way. And you can follow me on Instagram, Snapchat, or the Twitters at Tiff South. And that's Tiff with two Fs. You can also follow the podcast at how Does Underscore She Do It on Instagram and the Twitters. And you can also join and like the Facebook page. It's How Does She Do It Podcast. And I really appreciate each of you uh, listening. I appreciate you sharing. your. If your friends do not have iPhones and they don't uh, listen to it on the Apple Podcast app, you can listen. You can share with them how to listen to it. Otherwise, they can go to the website, com. You can listen on Overcast, Acast, Stitcher. Lots of casts out there, lots of podcast apps. So uh, it's not just the one. You can also listen to it on the Google Play Store. And if you are enjoying it, please share, tell a friend, and uh, continue to support m- this podcast and others that you listen to. We really appreciate you, and these podcasts do not exist without your support. So with that, let's get into this week's Just My Thoughts. <laughs> This week's Just My Thoughts is just going to be super short, quick book recommendation that has really been impacting my life for the last uh, few weeks that I've been reading it. It is called Sleep Smarter, 21 Essential Strategies to Sleep Your Way to a Better Body, Better Health and Bigger Success. And it's by Sean Stevenson. And I came across Sean Stevenson by listening to Eric Thomas's podcast, Called the secrets secrets to success, uh, which is actually a really good. I find it very entertaining and uh, really helpful. If you want to check that out as well, but this book gives some really tangible ways to improve the quality of your sleep and gives some science behind it, as opposed to just saying everybody needs eight hours of sleep. It really gets into some of the things, the daily habits that we have that actually impact the quality of sleep that we're getting. Even if we're getting, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep a night, some people are not actually getting quality restful sleep. so, it is called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson and I highly recommend it and I'll put a link to this book in the show notes. And hopefully if you read it, if you check it out, let me know what you think. I am still reading it now, but the couple chapters that I've read so far have been really helpful. And there've been things that I've been tangibly able to apply that have actually helped me get better quality sleep. And I have felt the difference just in a few days of implementing some of these strategies and I can break them down more in another episode, but just wanted to share it. And that concludes this week's just my thoughts. Before I get into the interview with Renee Cowan, I just want to give a little bit of background. Remember, part two, this is part two of our conversation, so part one was episode 48. And what we do in this conversation is kind of pick up where we left off and have conversations related to the faith piece related to plant-based eating? Is there a biblical kind of connection to why we should or should not eat meat? Or does that mean that, you know, some of us are better than others if we eat meat? That was a big conversation for me. And so I'm glad that we were able to have it. Uh, And we just generally give a lot of information and we answer a lot of questions that I have, that other listeners have, other people have related to plant-based eating. So I hope you enjoyed this second conversation with Renee Cowan about eating with purpose and as always if you have questions or comments please send an email to tiffany at com. and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Renee welcome back to another episode of How Does She Do It. Thank you I'm glad to be back the episode we recorded was part one on plant-based eating. And we talked about a lot of different things. We talked about kind of your journey into plant-based eating, how you, how you came to get to that point, some of the myths that people have related to plant-based eating and is it all? Do we only need protein from meat? Can we get protein from animals? Which is a big topic of conversation. The difference between being plant based and vegan, eliminating or reducing the eating of processed foods, prioritizing how to prepare meals when your day is very busy, and the importance of starting where you are. So I wanted to have you come back on for part two so we could talk about, we could do two things, kind of pick up where we left off and talk a little bit about the faith component related to plant-based eating and being more intentional and purposeful in the way that we eat. And then also talk about, answer some listener questions because we've gotten a lot of questions and I know you get a lot of questions from people every day about, because you post a lot on Instagram about some of the the dishes that you put together and how you modified recipes and things like that. So just to guess, I guess to get us started, talk a little bit about how your faith plays into plant-based eating and, or and your decision to, to make this kind of a lifestyle for you and your family.
1: Okay. So um, if I know that you remember, but in the, in part one, we talked about like the initial transition, how it was spearheaded by my husband at the time, fiance and um, how it was, because of a um, journey, a spiritual journey that he was taking, and as he was developing and working on his relationship with Christ, he felt compelled to lead a healthier life. And that meant or included giving up meat. And then you see a lot of examples throughout the Bible. Well, The most noteworthy example is Daniel, who... Did not eat meat or drink wine for that matter, and you know had had a had a diet that was um, of pulse is what they call it, which is like you know ground food. And um, John the Baptist also went into the wilderness, and when he was coming into his um, ministry, he had a diet of like locusts and berries or honey or something like that and um, some scots theologians would say that locust doesn't refer to like the crickets but actually a specific type of flower either way and then of course adam and eve who were in the garden and god gave them every seed bearing tree and fruit to eat and it would be meat for them so we have this like biblical basis and biblical examples of you know plants providing the intended diet or the intended. food source for humans and then as my husband studied and worked on his relationship with Christ he you know felt compelled to lead a plant-based life and um, like I said initially you know I had some kicking and screaming but Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I as I began to study on my own which is very important that you you know you are aware of your own beliefs and not just go along for the ride with um, whomever you're with, but that you know the God that you serve and the God that you believe in and what he asks and requires of you. And so as I came into a better understanding of my personal relationship with Christ, I really grew to understand that our bodies are our um, temples and that we should take care of them. And um, when... And I, and I do believe that a plant-based diet is the best way to do that. And I know that there are other proponents, other people who believe in other things and believe in other diets. But from the research that I have done and that from what I've looked into, I do believe that our bodies are meant for plants and that the, you should minimize animal protein in your diet.
0: Okay and I I think that and you said a lot of things there so I want to try and unpack a few things and I, but I'm going to start with the the most recent thing you said. You talked you said minimize animal protein and not necessarily eliminate. And I think one of the questions that I have had or I've been I've been challenged with is am I like being not as faithful if I'm eating meat or is that like interfering with my, my walk with Christ. And, um, and, and, you know, we read things there in the Bible, they talk about like unclean animals and you shouldn't eat these things, but then other places in the Bible say that it's not the, it's not what goes in your mouth that is important, but it's what comes out and that kind of thing. So I I feel like there's a lot of, um, there, like you mentioned, there's a lot of room for debate there, but do you think that it's like, you can still be, about your father's business, so to speak, if you are, if you eat meat or if you eat shrimp or like crab (laughs) and just like the things that I find to be very delicious. Um, so, so this,
1: this, this is a difficult question. And, you know, especially for somebody like me who wants to keep everybody happy and, um, doesn't want to. I don't. I don't like stepping on people's toes, right? But at the same time, I do want to speak about what I believe, and I do stand for my, own, my beliefs. And for me, I have my diet. I've eliminated probably ninety-eight percent of all animal products from my diet, and I and I know that I could work and do better. I there's a scripture I believe it's James 4:17 it says therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is a sin so to me that's well not to me it says if you know better do better right and that's like that's kind of what you teach your children and what you teach your and what your parents teach you and so if you have a relationship with Christ and you're working on your relationship with Christ and you feel as though he has led you to making a decision to becoming plant-based and that you, and you, and you understand and truly believe that the plant-based diet is healthier and is the best way to honor your temple and honor your God and then you do continue to indulge in animal products, are you going to hell for eating meat? No but well probably not i can't tell you what you're going to go to hell for but <laughs> but it's if you know better you do better right and so it's like what's 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 a little what's a little sin you know you don't want to say something that's always just it's just a little bit so it's okay but i think i think it's personal i think it's a personal decision that you come to after much prayer and meditation and fasting and you know you you read your word you read your bible you understand your god and even a little bit of disobedience is still disobedience right Oof,
0: girl. so if you,
1: <laughs> so if you if you heard god tell you to stop eating meat and you still have a hot dog once a week then you know that that it is that is disobedience
0: you know that point about a little bit of disobedience is still disobedience is very real and I can know and this this is gonna be clearly veer away from um plant-based <laughs> topics because this is not <laughs> about food at all um but I think that that is something that as as someone who is studying my word more and thinking about the relationship that I have with God and the the example that Christ gave as we walked on earth it, as he walked on earth, excuse me um, it is it's like we want to we want to have our cake and eat it too, and we want to be able to say that, "Oh well, no, this is fine because no one sees it or this is fine because no one." no one knows about it or it's not clearly enumerated in the word. Like, you know, um, there are certain things that the Bible does not talk about explicitly, but that you can extrapolate are things that probably that God probably doesn't want you to do. And I think that for me, and I think that your point is very, is very, uh, it's important to note that it is a very personal journey because I do think that, and as you highlighted that verse in James four seventeen, that we only, it's only once we know certain kinds of information that yes. we are then held responsible, so to speak, for that information. And I think that that's what's important for us for to be taken away from this conversation. It's not about condemning, um, you know, Mm-mm. what we eat or don't eat. But I know, I mean, I'm someone, I, I love a good Plate of curry goat, I love a good plate of stew peas that includes salted pigtail. I love a good bowl of ice cream. Does that take away from my love of God? No. But does that impact my physical body and the way that I can be and as far as how how much of a how much my temple is or is not impacted by the things that I eat? That is the question that has been sitting more with me lately than it is about you know, should I be eating shellfish because the word says this or is pork clean or unclean? That's not so much the point. It's about Mm -hmm. what my, if I know that there was an intention behind us eating or not eating certain types of things because my body would not operate at a maximum level. And if I'm trying to be about my father's business, then I need my body to operate at a maximum level and not sit extra weight around my belly button, which is happening right now. (laughs) So, um, so that I think is, I think that it's a, it is very personal and it is not about judgment or, you know, blame or saying one thing is better than the other, but it's a very personal walk. And it's about a decision that we all make for ourselves.
1: Yeah. And you know, some people can go cold turkey. My husband went cold turkey. I can tell you the last day he ate meat, January 5th, 2014. Wow. That was the last day he ate meat and just, and it was just done me on the other hand you know i made i made a slower transition i did take all the meat out of my house you know that day but it was a slower transition for me but at this and also when you talk about our temples but i also think it's important to know your god right mm-hmm. psalm 84:11 says for the lord god is a sun and shield the lord will give grace and glory no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly there 's another verse that says you know if, you're, if you if your earthly father can give you good gifts, how much more can your heavenly father give you and This is not necessarily you know prosperity preaching, but this is just to say that he wouldn 't keep me from eating anything that was good for me mm-hmm. He wouldn't, he wouldn't tell me not to do something if I was supposed to have it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like how Satan comes in to Satan came into Eve and was like, Oh, why don't you just taste this fruit? Don't you want this fruit? Why is God keeping you from the fruit? He's keeping you from the, you know, he just comes in to plant these little seeds of doubt. That's the same thing Satan will do to me. Don't you know, I've been walking down the street in New York and, um, Oh my gosh, the street meat it's outside of the hospital. First of all, why is it outside of the hospital? That's a whole nother point. But it's just, it sometimes it'll smell delicious. And you just hear saying, be like, one little hot dog won't hurt you, Renee. Just eat a hot dog. It's good for you. Don't worry about those cancer containing nitrates. Don't worry about all that processed, you know, grinded up whatever they put in there. You've been eating hot dogs your whole life. Another hot dog won't hurt you. Don't you remember Frankenbeans? Man, get thee behind me, Satan. That <laughs> can,
0: can I just stop you right there? And can we just talk about how you made you made Satan sound so sensuous? Like he is! And, and so for for those of us you you guys cannot see. So we are video chatting right now. She, like leaned into the camera and is like doing her eyebrows all like, <laughs> like net- <laughs> <laughs> because he it is true though he does not tempt us and he's not gonna come looking like some you know some raggedy like nah. you know person who's scary it's going to be a temptation Mm-mm. that is like it's gonna be it Elba up in this piece right and you gonna assume, <laughs> can be like oh one more ice cream cone is not gonna hurt after no. you had first, you know, donuts this week that you shouldn't have had no way oh mm-hmm. and, and so you said something that he you said he would not tell you not to have something that you should have or he would not say that you can't have this thing if it was supposed to be for us and that is like it is that's super super deep because when we think about when we, we when we think about what how his purpose and will for us are is to be the best version of the yes that he created us to be yes and like he wants us to have life and have it more abundantly he wants us to know that we are joint heirs with christ he wants us to to be able to to live out our purpose and to exercise our gifts in the way that he has he has given them to us and yep. he doesn't want and and that's that's this is like leading to another point but i think the thing that When I first thought about eating plant-based and even just being a more um, a more intentional believer, generally, I was coming from a mindset that was focused on all the things I could not have, Mm -hmm. all the Mm -hmm. things that I can't do. When in reality, the message that he gives us is the freedom that we have. Freedom,
1: right? Yes, Galatians, all about the freedom we have in Christ. Right. All about.
0: You're a better Christian than me. Well, no,
1: it's the whole book. No, no, no. We're all, we're all, we're all joint heirs with Christ. But it's the whole book of Galatians. You know, Galatians starts out with Paul, you know, basically cursing the Pharisees saying, Who who made up these rules? The Pharisees like had all these like extra rules to be like the best Jews ever, or now we're gonna make like the best Christians ever. You had to do all these things. And we are not this is not Mosaic period. We're not sanctified by the law. We are saved by the blood of Christ, you know? And so, why was I talking about this? Um, freedom. Yes, because freedom, freedom is key. And so when you think about a plant-based diet, don't, I don't think about, you know, the chicken wings that I can't eat, the skirt steak, the oxdale, the goat, you know, I, the list can go on. I try not to think about those things. I think about all the things that I can eat. The butternut squash, car- things that I would never touch before. Oh. Stewed okra. Like, I was not trying to eat okra before, but that jam is delicious. I'm still like roasted not, broccoli.
0: Still not trying to eat okra stew. Still That's not. Right. There's,
1: I got a whole bunch more stuff for you to eat. Roasted broccoli, son. I can eat roasted broccoli every day. Like, if you gave me a choice between roasted broccoli and chicken wings, I would choose roasted broccoli
0: every day. It's delicious. Mm. I'm still, I'm still in the beginning of my walk. I'm not going to make that choice, but. I do. I feel you on that point. And so at that point, <laughs> soon and very soon <laughs> to that point, um, it's actually funny. So, so Renee is working with me to build a meal plan that, um, I am, I am going to be utilizing for the next four weeks based on her expertise and experience really, really honing in and modifying, recipes and making them very usable user friendly and accessible and taking away all of this like oh my god what are all these green things how am i supposed to do anything with this and she introduced me to this new type of squash today mm-hmm. yo this squash is the most delicious squash I've ever had. And I'm, I think I've probably only eaten like maybe three or four different kinds of squash, but even walking up in Whole Foods today, because it is fall as of this recording, we're in October. So this is the time, this is like squash season. So you get to see a lot of beautiful variety. I had never noticed there was a squash that was as big as a watermelon. I was like, yo, first of all, what are we doing with this squash? <laughs> Why it like this, it was like bluish gray on the outside. Strange. Yes, they. That's in Asias's book, his oh. colorful, <laughs> colorful edibles book. They've got blue squash. And and so just looking, just, that was just a perfect example of just being able to be looking at something that I would never, would otherwise just walk past or would otherwise just only reach for the familiar butternut or, acon, or acorn squash. And mm-hmm. I came here today and roasted squash and ate it with the skin, bro. Like, come on. I was like, oh my God. It it's a so, delicata so, squash for everyone who wants to know. We delicata the squash. Link. There will be a link to the to the type of squash this is in the show notes. It was delicious. It was beautiful. It's, and it was really it's easy. So good. Um so, so good. With that, though, so now let's go into some of the the listener questions that we got. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Renee is a very big, she does a very good job of posting a lot of her recipes and things on Facebook. She's actually started a Facebook group about um, becoming plant-based and just a place where people can answer questions or ask questions. She shares recipes. She shared this article about eggs a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, (laughs) and I have not looked at eggs. I've not thought about eggs the same way ever since. (laughs) I have eaten. Eaten eggs since then, and eaten things that contain eggs, but I think about them differently, and I think that that's really the entire goal of this. That's is not really to, is not really to tell you what you got to do with your life because you're a grown person. I'm a grown lady. I do what I want to do in my own house when I'm paying all my own bills, as you should do the same. But it's to get you to just think a little bit differently, because even if you don't transition all the way to plant-based or do this, that, and a third, at least you'll know when you go to eat something in one direction or another, maybe I should add a couple extra broccoli florets to my plate. Maybe I should, Cut back on this red meat in this meal and not have it again for another two weeks. Just about just thinking about thought process and being more intentional and purposeful about the way that we live our lives. So, with that, let's go to our listener questions. And we have a good amount of questions here, but I think that these are very common questions. And I think that they'll be able to help out a lot of people who are even, who are just thinking about plant-based eating. So the first question that I have is, and I'm not reading anybody's name, so just, you know, just roll with it. Um, This uh, listener said, I am almost 100% plant-based. I occasionally eat fish. How do you not overindulge in carbs? And from what I know about Renee, I don't really think that she believes there's a such thing as overindulging in carbs, but I'm going to let her answer that question. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love all the carbs. But I do think that it is true that carbs affect different people differently, and that not everybody's body can accommodate the same quantity of carbs. And so I think it is fair to say that, you know, especially processed carbs and white carbs and, um, simple carb, carbohydrates.
0: So tell me, so, tell me, tell me what, like, when you say processed carbs, simple carbs, let's like, tell, give me examples of those things. So I know I can like
1: look. White bread, white rice. Like, I know I, I love me some Jasmine white rice, but mm-hmm. you, you want more, more complex carbs. Complex carbs are like sweet potatoes are complex carbs. Quinoa is a carb. I know you don't like quinoa. Um, barley uh farro um you know whole grains basically mm. wheat berries i've learned about all sorts of different types of ways to eat carbohydrates and um, whole grain breads or making your own breads and things like that so they're different carbs come first and foremost is that carbs come in many different types and shapes and forms and that not all carbs are created equal and not all carbs are evil. Um, how do I not overindulge in carbs? The specific answer to that question is that I replace my meats with a vegetable. That's the specific that's and so that way you're eating the same amount of carbs as you were eating before. And that's really the key.
0: So and are vegetables carbs?
1: Well, vegetables do have carbohydrates in them, but I'm I think okay. that she's probably asking about like rice and bread and greens and things like that. Okay. So instead of um like if I would normally eat baked chicken, rice and peas and cabbage
0: mm-hmm.
1: plantain, then I would take out the chicken and replace it with another vegetable or, or even a legume, like a bean. But you, normally I don't eat beans with my rice and peas, but like maybe I would do sauteed mushrooms or something like that or, uh, or you know, roasted cauliflower or something like that.
0: Okay. So I think, and I think one of the things that this question might be getting at is, do you feel, do you ever feel more hungry? Because the overindulgence of carbs is, to me, I read that and say, well, maybe this person feels like they're not going to be eating enough food and that they're going to want to keep eating more things that they maybe shouldn't be eating because they're going to be more hungry because they're not going to be as satisfied eating more plant-based.
1: That makes sense. But the answer is still the same. I eat more vegetables. You keep the you keep the portion of your you know your grain the same and eat more vegetables. Like Weight Watchers, you can eat as many vegetables, fruits, and vegetables as you want to with for no and get no points. I, or at least I think I never did Weight Watchers, but that's what I heard word on the street. So um, <laughs> you just eat. I do think that when you are plant based, you do need to eat more food, but it's it's more fruits and vegetables. And so I just eat more fruits and vegetables. So if you're gonna have what if you would normally have a, a smaller salad, you eat a bigger salad. But I keep, you know, the that carbohydrate portion. I keep that the same size as I would have if I was eating
0: it with um, a meat. Okay. So the, so the short answer is, you increase the amount of vegetables and fruit that you eat. Um, don't necessarily change the amount of like carbs, carbs. that you eat. So because you're eating more vegetables, you shouldn't want necessarily to eat more. And you can still eat things like pasta and you can still eat bread and just that kind of thing. But just don't OD and just do too much. Okay.
1: Don't don't try to overcompensate with additional carbs. Like I was good for eating a loaf of bread by myself in one sitting when I was eating meat. And so that has not changed. But (laughs) I don't now eat two loaves of bread. I eat my same loaf and now
0: I eat more salad. Touche, <laughs> touche. Um, okay, so the second question we have is about the recipes and things that you find and that you cook. Um, do you have any, like, how do you find your recipes? Do you use cookbooks? Do you visit blogs? Are you on email lists? Like, What do you do to get your recipes and get your inspiration to cook the, the kinds of foods that you cook?
1: All of the above. I am a person who inundates themselves with like um, pictures and like input from the things that I am interested in. So my social media feed or my Instagram feed is going to be filled of cute little black babies, um, plant-based foods. Natural hair and short, cute pixie cut hair and people who love Jesus. Like that's all you ever see on my Instagram feed because that is what my life is about. (laughs) Oh, and, and black love stories. Sorry. That's, there's a lot of that too, but like that, those five things, like that is what my social media feed is about that my Pinterest page looks like that. And you know, the, the things I read, the things I listen to all of it goes around those same themes. So I think when you inundate your, when you start to, um, Follow those things on social media. If you're a social media type person, then you know you you get it. You start to follow one person who does a lot of plant based things. That leads you to another person. That leads to another person. So on any given day, if I'm scrolling through, you know, my Instagram feed, uh, more than half of what I cook, I was scrolling through a feed and something spoke to my stomach, and I was like, "Ooh, that looks good." I have all those things in my fridge. I'm going to make that tonight. Or I have all those things except for one of these things. Like I have kale instead of spinach. So I'm just going to swap that out and that's what I'm going to make. And so that is like the most common way for me to decide what I'm eating. The second most common way is Pinterest, which I mean, I guess falls under the category of social media. So it's the same thing. If I'm on Pinterest and I'm scrolling through and I see things, I'm like, oh, I'm going to make that. I also obviously have boards on Pinterest of things that I saved and, you know, wanted to come back to. I do not have a lot of cookbooks at the moment because I don't really use them. It's just easier for me to look something up online. I'm more of a Pinterest girl, but I do own this cookbook called 28 Day Plant-Powered Health Reboot. I'm showing Tiffany the picture of it. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I'll put a link to this in the show notes.
1: Yes. And it is by Jessica Jones and Wendy Lopez. And they are the founders of the blog Food Heaven Made Easy. And um, I came to know about them because they did something with a girl that we went to college with, which I thought was really cool.
0: Calissa they- Martin, one of a yes. On- oh, yes.
1: She yes. was on a past yes. guest. How does she do it? Yes, yes, yes. And so I bought the cookbook because I like those girls and I wanted to support them. And um, I've actually only made one thing out of the cookbook so far. Cause like I said, I'm not a big cookbook person, but I do, I'm subscribed to their blog and they send out recipes and I've made multiple things that they have um, sent out. If anyone buys this book though, it's good to know that all of the, there is some dairy and some eggs in this cookbook. And I know they were heavily criticized for that. But once you make your transition, you'll learn how to substitute those things for other things.
0: So what? So what we'll do is, I'll get a list of the favorite. Do you? Can you think of? Can you just share the names of like maybe two or three of your favorite blogs or yes. like people that you follow, and then I'll share links to those and more in the show notes for people to take a look at on their own.
1: Yes, the four the four blogs that um, email me every single day. With recipes are Naturally Ella, E-L-L-A, Love and Lemons. This is the one, actually, Love and Lemons is the one that I probably make the most meals out of. Cookie and Kate. Um, she also sometimes has, all, those three, all of them sometimes have some dairy and eggs in them, maybe. They're not all like vegan. Um, and then Forks Over Knives, which was one of the initial documentaries that I watched and that a lot of people watched to to encourage them to make the switch. They have a blog, they have an app, they have everything. And um, they send recipes and meal ideas and stuff every day. So does Whole Foods, actually, for that matter. If you subscribe to Whole Foods, Whole Foods will send you ideas for meatless meals very often.
0: And I can attest to you, So I want, I'm going to... St- put a pin right here. If you want to go back and rewind, hit that little 15 second rewind button to go back to listen to the four blogs that Renee just mentioned, but you can also look in the show notes for this week's episode to, to see that as well. But I think I am a, a a recipient of Renee's curation of all mm-hmm. of these of all of these blogs and these websites, and I think it really starts with the message that I take away from what your answer just was. Is it really starts with one? It starts with again mm-hmm. coming back to intention and being mindful of what it is that you're putting and bringing into your space. What mm-hmm. You're absorbing what it is that you're following, and once you start to see a lot of different things, then that becomes the things that you try to either emulate or want to be exposed to. So um, I would recommend uh, also following um, What Isaias Eats and uh, Becoming Virtuous, which is Renee's Instagram feed because she does a very good job of, of sharing the ways that she modified things and it's very helpful and accessible to a lot of people. Um, so um, let's go to... So kind of along those lines how do you remix like some of the favorite recipes or favorite things that you eat and make them more um make them more plant based you just talked about sometimes having oh. like cut out dairy or um mm-hmm. something like that in some of the recipes that you might see
1: that's a good question when I, when i'm craving something i try to think in my head what plant can give me that same feeling or that same outcome and so and over time, in the past three years, I have learned what foods will have certain um, meaty textures like mushrooms. A lot of people don't like mushrooms, but mushrooms actually are a very good replacement for meat. You can put mushrooms in sandwiches, in... Um, in stews, in, in things that you cook up, and they have like a, a meaty texture, especially shiitake mushrooms. And there's another mushroom, they call it chicken out of the woods. Oh. And when they... I don't deep fry things in my house because there's a lot more work than I'd care for. But <clears throat> if you are if you have vegan restaurants that are accessible to you a lot of them will like batter and deep fry the those oyster the chicken of the woods oysters and yeah sorry they're oyster mushrooms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they they're delicious taste just like chicken wings or chicken nuggets, and I don't. It, it makes me not miss the chicken at all. Like a lot of, and that's the other thing. You can't expect for things to taste exactly the same because your palate will change, and you will grow to understand that, and won't expect it to taste the exact same. But you, that craving that you had, can be fulfilled. And then if you also, I saw a meme the other day, which is funny. I thought it was funny, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat vegan foods because they're bland. They have no taste. And then it shows them seasoning meat with vegan foods. Because what are vegan foods? Seasonings, plants, all that stuff. Like all the stuff that you use to season food are plants, right? (laughs) All that green, the basil, the parsley, all that stuff is plants that you use to season your meat. Nobody just, you know... Well, our people don't really just throw a piece of, you know, skirt steak on the grill and then just eat it without having done anything to it. You know, you look forward to that chimichurri sauce. So guess what? Throw that chimichurri sauce on some cauliflower. It's delicious. It's the same delicious. So that's, that's, that's usually what I do is find a way to um, substitute out that one thing. I, and, 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 and that takes time.
0: It does take time and I'm learning that I think as we talked about I said this in the, in part one of this episode uh, that I do not I'm not a fan of you pretending that you're serving me chicken nuggets when you're serving me a fried mushroom. Tell me you're serving me a fried mushroom with buffalo. <laughs> don't tell me you're serving me kung pao Ch- like just don't I, I that is my biggest pet peeve. I understand from a marketing perspective that you're trying to market to people, so that they get a familiarity. I don't. I don't need you to do that. I'm intelligent enough to know that you're <laughs> not actually giving me chicken if I'm eating it at a vegan restaurant. Don't call it. "Quote unquote chicken." I don't do that. Or, or chicken, chicken. <laughs> right, just tell me what it is. It's a mushroom. Like it just that drives me up a freaking you know, it's wall.
1: It's true. It's true. It's true. Oh it's my true. god! Anyway, it's
0: true. So, and I know. also
1: let me actually <laughs> interject right here. I also don't use a lot of meat replacement products because mm. the goal is really to eat whole foods and not um, more processed foods. And so. I, I it's not like oh where you would normally eat chicken or beef through some tofu or tempeh or seitan or whatever else in there or some gluten or whatever. Not to say that I don't eat those things because I do, especially from time to time. And you know there are some restaurants in New York that can curry up some whatever it is. I think it's gluten is what it is, which is obviously not good for people with gluten and um, sensitivities. But that stuff tastes so good, but it's not a part of my regular diet. It's not a part of my like day-to-day. It's not anything that I buy or have at my home. I'm about whole food, plant-based. And so you'll, you will find me replacing uh, animal protein with plant protein.
0: That is real. and um, And I, again, as having been the beneficiary of many a meal in the Cowan household, <laughs> um, I am never hungry when I go to her house. I can always promise you, I'm never hungry. Mm-hmm. And I'm always thoroughly satisfied with the food. <laughs> um, so, okay, the next question that we have is, so actually this kind of, well, you actually just kind of spoke to this point. So I'll, I'll read the question and we can just kind of highlight briefly some of the things we just said, but how do you effectively move to a plant-based uh, eat like diet without feeling like you're missing, missing the meat? And I don't know why I- <laughs> <laughs> this sounded, that was an appropriate voice for that phrase. I think so. Uh, but as someone, so I can, I'll, I'll actually answer this as someone who. Loves a like I said, love a good chicken wing, love a good plate of curry goat. I think that it is really about expanding your expanding your imagination as to what you think you need to eat in order to feel full and satisfied. And yeah. I um, I have stopped buying meat and bringing it into my house because it's an attempt for me to cook and eat less of it, and it has and that has worked significantly and saves my grocery bill several dollars because I'm not spending $40, $50 on some meat. So anyway, um, mm-hmm. but I think that you you just think about things that you really like and think about things I th- like, I think like Renee mentioned earlier, mushrooms are a girl's best friend. If you're trying to find something that tastes like meat um, mm-hmm. and just think and just eat things that you really enjoy eating and just eat more vegetables. So you'll be as full as you would be if you were eating a piece of chicken or eating a piece of beef or something like that and don't be
1: afraid to think out of the box that's the other that's the other thing that i think plant based eating has really afforded me is i really think out of the box, think out of the box now. And they're like, who, jackfruit? I don't know how many people are familiar with jackfruit. But jackfruit is like, I knew jackfruit as like this not very pleasant tasting large fruit that they used to have in Jamaica. You know, my like my family members used to like it, but I'm like, mm, that wasn't really for me. But people will barbecue jackfruit in efforts to like remind them of pulled pork. I had jackfruit in something the other, oh, it was a barbecue jackfruit sandwich. It was supposed to be like a... um. Like a pulled pork sandwich is what it was supposed to emulate. I never ate pulled pork, so I didn't have anything to to um, compare it to. But this sandwich was delicious. I was like, "What is this?" You couldn't have told me that that wasn't chicken.
0: Like, where what? Like, I wouldn't have believed you if you. And so it was really good. So yeah, so I think that the takeaway from that is to look for look for non processed if you can things that give a similar texture to certain types of meats that you're looking for. And also just think about that you're not going to, a vegetable is not meat, right? A vegetable, broccoli is not chicken. It will never be chicken. Tofu, Mm-mm. never going to be a piece of beef. So you Mm-mm. have to adjust and lo- and do it little by little. I think that that's been the biggest thing for me because I, I remember a very distinct, distinct day. No way I'm eating a plate of food that does not have a piece of meat on it. Don't <laughs> no salad that don't got no chicken on it. Don't give me no salad that don't have no shrimp. I need to do it. And when you begin to, like when you find things that you like and just try and experiment, you'll be like, oh, I'm full. And my food was delicious. I can mm-hmm. do that again. And that's, and that's literally how it starts. It's just, a, and it's again, and it's little by little, there are no rules as to how fast or how all encompassing you have to make this transition. If you're interested in doing it, you can literally start it with a month, with a day in a, in a week, one day, a week, a couple times a week, like that kind of thing. And there's no, there are no rules to how fast and how quickly you have to make this transition, if any at all.
1: And it, and it depends on your personality type too though because some people can't can't dibble a little bit in on cold and a little bit on hot some people can't be lukewarm and make it make small steps some people need to jump all in or mm-hmm. else they're not in and so you need to know yourself and know what will work for you and mm-hmm. you know and it's not hard to it isn't that hard to go cold turkey if if that's what, how you feel so you know just to know yourself just yeah know you know yourself.
0: You're so wise. You're so <laughs> uh, and I think that we are, we, okay, we have two questions left. Next question is, how do you, what do you say to people who think that you need meat for protein? And we talked a bit about protein last time, but I know that you had some more, um, some more thoughts that you wanted to share about that. I mean,
1: those people are wrong. And if we agreed with them, We'd both be wrong. <laughs> Tiffany told I me did. that today. It was so <laughs> it's a perfect place to throw that in. <laughs> oh, no, no, <laughs> no but for real though. Um, you you don't need me to get protein, and there are lots of ways to get protein. And you know, plants have protein. We did talk about this last time. Something we did talk about last time also is that I I um we had that article by the muscle oh
0: yes 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 the amount of protein that you need to eat per day
1: right and I said that the number yeah I said that the number that they gave was like astronomical and horrible and I actually went back and looked up the number and it wasn't that much off so (laughs) there is another blog these are actually videos um Dr. Michael McGregor puts out videos he does nutritionfacts.org And he puts out a video every day and he is a doctor who works for the FDA, who uh, is a proponent of a plant-based lifestyle. And he like analyzes scientific data to, to pull out what is of merit and, you know, I, I, can't, I trust what he says, right? And he did some research and pulled out all the like um, scientific articles that had been written about how much protein one actually needs to uh, survive and grow or whatever. And I believe he said 0. 0.6 grams for every pound of um every pound that you weigh. So for me, it was, wait, that might not be right. I think we'll look it up and we'll put the link to the blog. But basically I need like 60 grams of protein per day based on how much I weigh. So you could look that up. I'm sure Tiffany will put the link. I'll send her.
0: Yes, we will have that link in the show. (laughs) There, Well, to to what the, the ratio is. Um, for how much protein you need, um, if you can quickly, could you identify like what is a a something that's not a bean or a legume that is like a really good, really high in protein from plants? Um, quinoa, which I know you don't want to hear, but
1: the other, I posted a picture the other day, and I ate string beans, broccoli, um, kale pesto barley and there was something else green in there too i think
0: kale did you say kale
1: they, there was a kale in the pesto sauce i oh. made a pesto with kale in it. there was something else green in there but that bowl had almost all the all the pro it had 25 grams of protein in it mm. like that was half my protein for the day essentially in that one bowl of food and that doesn't take into account like the hemp seeds and um whatever I put into my smoothie or flax seeds or chia seeds, my hemp seed protein powder. Um, and I, I, I don't use a protein powder regularly. I just happen to have a hemp seed protein powder. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I but think one, one of the things that I, that was one, that was really illuminating in one of the documentaries I watched was that the guy asked, um, you know we people they we we perpetuate this idea that we have to eat plant eat meat in order to get protein but protein is not something that we make like animals don't make protein ourselves yeah cows get their protein from, from, grass. from grass and so the, they end up they become a source of protein because their body has processed protein not because mm-hmm. they are the protein themselves and i thought i was just like oh that really changes pretty much everything about anything that we, and I actually, I was in a cooking class and I listened to this chef tell a room full of people that plants are not sources of complete proteins. And I was like, this is not my, this is not my, um, my sermon. I was like, let me just sit here and be quiet. But I was like, I don't think that that's true. Because, well, okay. So this concept of complete protein, I don't remember if we touched
1: on this in part one, I feel like we did, but this concept of complete protein, right? Oh, Your body yeah. needs a certain yeah. amount of amino acids, remember? Yeah. And so like, there aren't a lot of plants that have like all of those amino acids in one, cause they haven't. They don't process it. Just like you said, the cow pro- eats all these things, gets the different amino acids from the different places and processes it to then contain all 22 amino acids or whatever, or the 11 essential ones or whatnot. And so by come as long as you eat a varied diet where you have different colors in your plate all the time, you're not eating the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you will get all your amino acids. You will get everything that you need by eating a varied seasonal diet with a rainbow. There's a, there's a saying, eat the rainbow, like, and it's not referring to skills. (laughs) It is. It's like, it's, it's true because once you eat a lot of different foods and fruits and vegetables, you will get the nutrients from each
0: one. Love it. Love it. Love it. Last question that we are going to have for this episode. And it's been so good having you again is someone talked about being interested in making the switch and she went out and bought all this stuff and she has this big shopping list, but now she feels like she needs some guidance and direction. If there is like one, you mentioned last time kind of starting where you are, but is there like a resource or a place that you would recommend that someone who's like committed, they're like all in, but they're not really sure what to do next, so to speak, after they buy all this stuff that they think they need to start eating more plant-based.
1: One resource, that's a little bit hard.
0: Well, it doesn't have to be one, but like, you know, some resources that can help people give them, give people information.
1: I honestly start cooking. Hmm. You went out, you bought all that stuff, eat, eat what you bought and don't eat anything else. (laughs) <laughs> and then <laughs> slowly but surely, it will come together. And you, as you stock your pantry, just like I think it's been a reoccurring theme for this episode, essentially, is to surround yourself and with the things that you want, that you believe in, and that you want to take in, and however you want that change to occur. So if you're getting recipes in your email box every day, you're going to be like, oh, you know, it's October and I notice a lot of people are cooking with different squashes. So let me buy some squashes and let me make one of these recipes. Or I, um, I really miss eggs. And I see that people who really like eggs like to make scrambled tofu. And so let me try this scrambled tofu or you don't want to do soy products. So, oh, there's something called aquafaba. I wonder what aquafaba is. It's chickpea water, by the way. And I haven't tried it yet, but it's supposed to be really good. So let me try that. Or it's taco Tuesday and I have some taco shells, some black beans, an avocado and some broccoli. So let me just throw all that in the taco shell and see what happens. So it goes back to the original part one statement of starting where you are. But I don't think that there's a huge to do, especially once you've made the decision in your head and in your heart and you purchase the things that you need to purchase.
0: Then just use them, eat them, cook them. Ready, set, go. I love it. I love it. And that, and I think that there is this idea that this is a lot more complicated than it actually is. Because if you are someone, whether you order food, there are places you can order food from that only that will only be consist of vegetables. If you cook food, you are capable because if you can cook meat, you can absolutely cook a vegetable. You just have to know how to like. You know how not to burn the you know roasted cabbage, which I have not done in a long time. That I need to do. I know, um, it's time. It's it is time at that time of year. But there are a lot of really good. It it is it is a lot simpler than I think that we think it is. There is no one right way to go about doing it, except that you are thoughtful. I think that you are intentional. If this is something you want to do, and you put you can put the parameters on what you want it to look like. And then eventually, I think what I've noticed for myself, because I'm in a season now, as I shared many times, where I'm noticing changes in my body that I am not happy with. And I, in order for me to, in order for me to, reverse those changes or make sure they, they, they don't go further in a direction that I'm not happy with, I have to be very intentional about every decision that I make when it comes to my food. And it's overwhelming at first because it, just like any other habit that you're trying to begin to, to implement in your life, it requires a lot of cog, very cognizant thought, very, oh, don't go do this. Don't do that. What are your triggers? How do you, what time of day do you really want to eat these kinds of things? And then eventually, your palate, your, my palate has started to change and my desire for these things has now been restricted to different times of the day or the week than they have been before. And that's not because... I, I get it right. A hundred percent of the time. It's not because I, all of a sudden, you know, I'm so different, but it's because I'm intentionally working to live and walk in a different way. And that's really what I think what this all comes down to is just in, is intentionality and, and walking in the purpose of the thing that you, that you say you're trying to do. And don't be afraid to pray. You know, I think we
1: underestimate the power of prayer and the, I think we take for some people, you don't want to pray for things that are so simple. It might be sound silly to pray. Oh Lord, help me eat more vegetables. But you know, ask him to remove, to remove certain desires. If you don't want to eat bacon anymore, ask him to remove that desire from you. And he will. And, and I so will, sorry I, I think that that's, just, I think that, you know, we can bring it full circle back to the, faith piece where just like how we start we start out like you ask him to direct you direct you to the good to the right resources because not everything you find on the internet is going to be good not all you know not all not
0: everything on the internet is good heaven forbid oh god
1: (laughs) bombshell i am so but the internet is full of like all the most amazing resources and there's no you don't have to pay for anything but you can you can get a meal planner if you want you can get someone to tell you what to cook how to cook it when to bring it you can you know if you want a little bit more hand holding that's something that i'll be delving into soon helping people make that transition and you know helping them or i I guess i've been doing it but basically telling people what they should eat when they should eat it where the recipe was. And it's not a service that you would need forever by any means, but you know, you might want to do a month or two of a meal planner. And then after
0: first, after a few weeks, you're like, Oh, I get it. I love having my handheld to teach me how to do things. That <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan of it. And as, as I was told, it's about sticking to the plan. There was something you just said that made me that um, I Mm, looks like I just don't remember what it was. Um, either way, I think that this has been a very, very fruitful, no pun intended. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a cornball. <laughs> I am a cornball, but that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, I think it's been a really, really good, good conversation. I'm very happy that we had it again. And um, depending on, I really would actually probably like to have you come back on the show more regularly because it's I talk to you all the time anyway. So it's like we some <laughs> of the stuff we talk about on and recorded on the show. Um, but I appreciate you, and um, and I will put your contact information in the show notes for this week's episode. Um, but you are, what's your Instagram handle? Becoming Virtuous. Okay, and I'll put that in the show notes, and thank you again for being on How Does She Do It? Thank
1: you for having me on, Tiffany. You are one of my sheroes, and I just, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to talk about things that I am passionate about. I mean, food and God, like, Is there any other better combination? Add my husband and kid in there.
0: I'm done. (laughs) That's all all we (laughs) need in the world of sin is food and faith, friends and family, and a little right With some donuts every every once in a while. Anyway, (laughs) uh, thank you again for listening to this week's episode of How Does She Do It? Thank you again for listening to the 49th episode of How Does She Do It? I clearly had a good time because of all the laughing and giggling I did. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You found it useful. And remember to check the show notes for all of the links that I mentioned. You can go to HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com and all the resources will be there. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace.